Good morning, it's Ray and G with the Holistic Health Hotline. We're going to do a little catch-up stuff today. It's Monday. Um, it's December. We're on our way to Christmas, but my Christmas broadcasts won't start for another week or so because I really don't want to commercialize the whole thing, and I don't want to get you um, too emotional this early in December when you're trying to deal with changes in weather and the beginnings of the major holiday season. Um, so instead, we're going to talk heavy things. Uh, I, a few weeks ago, I, I did a podcast about vaccinations and what happened up in Virginia with um, the children who were being forced to get vaccinations. And uh, one of my listeners wrote me and told me that that particular area was um, very poor and black, mostly, and um, mentioned to me that that you know, this was probably going on because of that. And what came out on, oh, the end of November, we found out that the state attorney who did all this, Glenn Ivey, he's a state attorney in, oh, it's actually Maryland, I'm sorry, it wasn't Virginia, didn't even have his own children vaccinated, okay, but compelled thousands of children to be shot with vaccinations on November 17th. And another reader, of our listener of mine, asked if, um, if it really happened that they forced these children to have these vaccinations, well, yes, because there was a, a loss of money. See, it's if you don't have a vaccinated child in school, the school loses $63 per day per child. Um, so if you do the math, 2,300 kids were vaccinated. That equals $144,900 per day in state and federal revenue in this predominantly black school district in America. Um, the worst part of all this, if there is a worst part, is that 900 children um, got vaccinated because they couldn't find the records of the children, and so they got vaccinated a second time. This particular school district lost the records. So these kids not only got one vaccination, they got two. Now that's even more upsetting to me than anything else, I guess, because it's bad enough to put all of this in your body in the first place, um, but to do it twice, okay? They, they, the Prince George's County School System admitted that they lost their records. That's more mercury, multiple dangerous, non-necessary vaccinations, and they were rounded up and vaccinated anyway in front of this judge who thought it was so cute. And the, the biggest thing, the biggest kicker is that, that there's no Maryland law requiring vaccination, and there is an exemption which parents were not adequately informed about before their children were exposed to these things. So, yep, this stuff does go on, um, and it's not a racial profiling thing. It's not um, something that everybody just, you know, needs to get upset now and say, oh, it's only happening in black people and all that stuff. It just happens to be that this is the one that hit hit the airwaves when it did, and I wanted to follow up on that. Another listener listened to the last podcast about colds and why we get sicker in the winter and said in an email that all of it made sense except the fact that we bundle up with clothing and wouldn't all of our clothing absorb a lot of the toxins or prevent a lot of toxins from coming to our bodies, which wouldn't happen in the summertime when our skin is exposed to them. Yes and no and no and yes. If you look at most of the clothes that people are wearing and how they're washed, how they're made, what they're made from, um, the fact that you're layering those on your skin is allowing all of the synthetic chemicals from the clothing to actually go into your skin and your body. And when you wash them in your detergents, all these special detergents with fragrance, fragrances and 
and special Clorox and chlorine cleaners and then put them in the dryer with your bounce sheets or whatever you use, your fabric softeners, <clears throat> and then put those clothes on your body. They feel nice. But like somebody always says, you know, we look good and feel good, but we're killing ourselves um, because all those things are going into your body. If you read book two, you'll, you'll have a whole list in chapter two or three of all the different chemicals that are in your clothing and in the things that you're using that are actually being absorbed by your liver and your kidneys and your brain. And it damages a lot of um, our nervous systems, our reproductive systems, and certainly our immune systems. And then we have another email from someone who um, is really interested in water and says that, you know, all of the people that she talks to say that they have well water and that that well water is okay. Um, but the well water is actually part of the municipal water system. So what I want to tell you is, and, and then they say that only the radicals are saying that water's no good, that water is really fine, and that they're reading newspaper articles where, where articles are coming out saying that the water is good, the same as they're saying that aspartame doesn't cause problems. We had one in our own newspaper just this weekend, a whole thing from one of the uh, medical centers, of course they pay for the advertising, that said that aspartame has been found to be safe for everybody which I'm going after, and I've told everybody I'm not going to let them get away with this. They say it didn't cause cancer in rats, that you'd have to eat a whole lot of aspartame, blah, blah, blah. Well, <clears throat> the way they do some of these studies is, um, you know, it's, well, let me give you this example. Years and years ago when I worked on computers in 1974, um, there was a question about radiation poisoning from sitting in front of some of these computer terminals and I called in uh, some testers and we tested and they came back with a report that said the radiation that was being emitted from the computer screens was not dangerous and then I said okay how many minutes per day would be dangerous and they said well this test was for 20 minutes a day in front of that computer screen, well, most of the people in the offices that I worked around were sitting there 8 to 10 hours, so maybe it wasn't dangerous for 20 minutes, but it certainly was dangerous beyond 20 minutes, and most people um, were, were sitting there much longer than 20 minutes, so you have to be very careful of how you're reading some of these studies if you believe that they've done them correctly um, and use the right factors, uh, like a normal society, a standard factor in our society, because most of the time they don't. Okay, now municipal water systems. There are only there are more than 600 chemical compounds, 35,000 registered pesticides in our municipal water systems. But most places in the United States, most municipalities are only required to test for six. Okay, now many of those 600 chemicals are known to cause birth defects, nerve damage, sterility, and cancer. You want to check that? Go to ABC News. The World Health Organization, that's something, a place, uh, an organization a lot of people trust. They estimate that 75 to 80% of cancer may originate in our water. You can check that at um, Forever Living's uh, website. The General Accounting Office of the United States, okay, reports that 20% of the nation's 65,000 community water systems are unable to meet minimum standards set by the Safe Drinking Water Act. That's from Reader's Digest. A government study. This is so that you all know that this is not coming from alternative weirdos or wackos or quacks or whatever, but maybe because it's a government study. I don't know. A government study found that more than 25% of all large U.S. public water systems contain traces of one or more toxic substances. 
They do not test for carcinogens and other dangerous chemicals. That's from the Wall Street Journal. One federal study found 87% of conventional sewage plants discharging excess pollutants. Even when the plants work well, they can't remove nitrate, heavy metals, or pesticides. Prevention Magazine. In 1982 alone, there were 70,000 violations of drinking water standards by municipal water systems. And how many more have we had since then? That's from Reader's Digest. The EPA revealed that dangerous chemicals are leaking out of as many as 16,000 landfills throughout the U.S., percolating down through layers of soil into the vast underground water reservoirs called aquifers. Discover Magazine. Trihalomethylenes are created when chlorine reacts with decaying organic matter in the water. This group of four organic halides contaminates 90% of this country's drinking water. All four compounds, including chloroform, were banned as an anesthetic in 1976 and are either known or suspected of causing cancer. Consumer reports. Okay. Our reservoirs are full of things that cause cancer. There's a considerable speculation that the rise in cancer deaths, now 20% for the nation as a whole, may be due in part to the pesticides, fertilizers, and industrial wastes that increasingly find their way into our water supplies. Reader's Digest. Despite improvements in both public and private water treatment practices, there are still harmful chemicals in 90% of the water we consume. New Shelter Magazine. 1,268,000 new cancer cases will be diagnosed this year in the U.S. American Cancer Society. Okay, so we have the best water in the world. That's scary if you think about living in other parts of the world, isn't it? When you, when you think about where this is all coming from. So then people will write me and say, well, we don't want to use bottled water because they use chlorine in the sanitation processes and the chlorine leaches back into the water. So you go back to the tap water, right? I don't think so. And then they say, well, all those plastic bottles that we're drinking are ending up in landfills. Well, why aren't people bitching and saying, look, we want good water in safe containers. And if we can't eliminate the landfills from the containers, so we need to use a, a process called glass where we return those glass bottles to be recycled. Okay, because they're not going to recycle the plastic. People just throw them away. Um, when I was a kid, and I put this in book two, we used to run around and do soda bottles. We'd get two cents a bottle and take them all to the store. We had our little radio flyer wagons and um, ran around to everybody knew we were doing it, and they'd help us collect the bottles. You might get a penny. You might get a nickel. Um, the bottles were all recycled, and as kids, we had mad money, okay? So it was like a job for us. It kept us busy. We weren't doing computer games and, and video games and, and causing trouble and taking drugs. What we were doing is is um, being little business people at the same time that we were helping the environment and helping the stores and helping the, the, the companies who were filling the bottles back up by going around and getting the bottles. So. There are things we can do that, that aren't going to negatively affect the environment, but nobody does them. We're pretty lazy. We're, we're very lazy in America. So bottled water isn't really the answer either, but if you're going to have to have bottled water, at least do something to push legislators to make bottled water bottled and not plasticized. Okay, now, if you're really concerned, which many people are, you can go on the website and go to healthywaterman.com. Um, and give Steve a call. He's, he's, I just saw him a couple of days ago, and he said he's had some calls from California and um, Virginia. I don't know, Tracy, if that's you or not, but um, 
and a few other places. And and if you can find the plumber to put it in, because it has to be a, a, a licensed plumber who actually puts it on from the water source going into your house, into this um, tank that filters the water for everybody. <clears throat> um, you know, he'll ship it to you, and he'll be on the phone with them, and he'll help you get it done. So. Uh, you can go on earthwalk-usa.com, go to healthywaterman.com, or AAA Water is what it used to be called, and click on that link and learn a lot on his website. And then um, give him a call or email him and, and tell him that you're you're interested. And get rid of all that stuff that's coming into your house. Okay? It cleans your water completely. Okay. Um, what else? Oh, and then I had another person who... <laughs> You know, wrote me, not wrote me, they wrote a review. They gave the first book three stars and said it was, um, it was, uh, unrealistic because she couldn't imagine not taking her kid to a a swimming pool because it's chlorinated and there's no way that that was ever going to change, so it was unrealistic. And I said, yeah, but there's a lot of viable solutions to chlorinated pools. Okay, my, my neighbor over here has a saltwater pool. Um, pipe, Corrosion and erosion is a concern, so there's special plumbing you have to do to make sure you have a, a salt pool. But that's what the Earth has, you know. Our two largest oceans that surround the United States are salt water pools. And <clears throat> public pools can either be salt or, or you can use bromide, which is a harmless bacteria fighter. We use bromide in our hot tubs as, you know, the water is clean and bacteria fighting is the only thing you really have to worry about. Um, when you travel, you can fill bottles with clean water instead of using hotel and um, restaurant water. Um, one of the things about having a whole house water system is that during an emergency when in, when they say the water is undrinkable or tainted, you still have uh, a sufficient amount of water that's getting cleaned through your system because there's 40 gallons sitting in there. And you don't have to worry about trying to boil water, which releases chlorine gas into the into the air, which hurts you and your children and will definitely kill your birds and other pets. So there's a, a whole lot of stuff that you need to learn, and it's, it really isn't that hard. I mean, when I wrote book two and book one, um, I wrote them so they're accessible and they're engaging. They're not like um, science books that <laughs> that'll you know tire you or exhaust you or, or whatever. They may frustrate you because you're going to find out about things that you never knew about, and you're going to be a little bit mad that nobody told you. And you might feel it's too late, but it's never too late, okay? Once you start changing, and I guess it's like they say about smoking, if you quit smoking after smoking for 40 years, you just put 10 more years on your life. So if you quit doing a lot of the stuff that the books tell you not to do and start doing some of the things that the book tells you to do, you're going to add more years on your life and certainly more years on your children's lives. Um, so that's it for today. I'm, I'll come back in a couple of days, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Christmas and what unconditional love and giving is all about, where it comes from spiritually, and not religiously, but spiritually, and um, and start talking about the emotions of our country and how that's affecting all of this season and the seasons ahead of us, et cetera. So... Uh, Anyway, um, go to earthwalk-usa.com, get the books, please. And when you get these podcasts, just forward them, okay? Um, and let people decide for themselves whether they're going to listen to them. I did have a friend who said she did that. She sent it to a few people, and guess what? They did want to hear about it. <laughs> 
So anyway, uh, come back, listen in a couple of days, and until then, start thinking about all the things that you're doing at home, um, getting ready for the holidays, the water you're using, the clothes you're wearing, how you're washing them, how you're taking care of your kids. That's the best present you can give them for Christmas is get them a little bit um, healthier. They're, they're tired of being sick, too. Okay, this is Raina G. Thank you so much. Bye.